Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Is your business to know about the law and how it's affecting every aspect of your life? Is your business to know about what's happening that's really important in the media front, particularly as it relates to the law? And so that's why I'm really excited about uh, John O'Connor joining our uh, media team here. Uh, he'll be doing uh, reoccurring commentaries on business, the law, the political front, and the media. And we're delighted to have him join us. Uh, he's distinguished in uh, the legal profession. Uh, he is an experienced trial lawyer practicing law in San Francisco since the early 70s. And he has tried cases in state and federal courts throughout the country. He served as an assistant U.S. attorney in Northern California, representing the United States in both criminal and civil cases. But he may be best known for his work as the attorney of Mark Felt, whom most of you know as Deep Throat in the uh, Watergate uh, situation. And uh, he became very familiar with the role of the Washington Post in Watergate in his representation of Mark Felt. And so uh, he brings a lot of experience. He also wrote briefs regarding uh, Patty Hearst, the United States versus Patty Hearst, and really had himself involved in some of the biggest lawsuits of the uh, 20th century, representing the uh, federal government uh, in the vast majority of those cases. So we're delighted to have him. He's going to be bringing his interesting insights uh, every other week here on the Price of Business show. You can learn more about him and his work at postgatebook.com. That's postgatebook.com. And that's the name of uh, the, the book that uh, he talks about most often. It relates to media, Postgate. And again, that's postgatebook.com. All right, with that, John O'Connor. Thanks, Kevin. The Price of Business has asked me to speak on Profiles in Corruption. Two cases of corruption have recently come to the fore, both involving foreign countries. Significantly for U.S. citizens, both of these shed light on questionable activities of Hunter Biden regarding vital United States foreign interests. Whether they also provide inference to be drawn about President Biden's document retention then becomes a question for the jury of public opinion. One of these cases involves the recent raid by Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky on a home of Ukraine's most corrupt oligarch, Igor Kolomoisky, for allegedly embezzling $1 billion from Ukraine's two largest oil companies. This follows sanctions on Kolomoisky by the United States in 2021 and a ban on travel into the United States for him and his family. Zelensky knows he must punish corruption to continue to receive foreign aid for his war against Russia. The second corruption case to come to light is the indictment of former high-level FBI counterintelligence agent Charles McConnell. While the head of the FBI's counterintelligence office in New York from 2016 to 2018 and thereafter, he had undisclosed corrupt relationships featuring large amounts of cash payments with both agents of corrupt Albanian Prime Minister Edi Rama and agents of Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska, whom Russiagate Special Counsel Robert Mueller has stated was closely aligned with Vladimir Putin. Both cases are quite clearly stomach-turning stories of a high-level FBI agent using his position to advance the adverse interests of foreign rivals. However, at first blush, they appear to have little to do with any serious connection to the United States, so why should any of us care? Let's first pick the low-hanging fruit about which we have previously discussed regarding Igor Kolomoisky. Please recall that in April and May of 2014, 
Hunter Biden and his partner Devin Archer were hired as directors by Ukrainian energy company Burisma, each for $1 million annually. Hunter Biden also received lucrative assignments for a law firm with whom he is associated. The controlling owner of Burisma? Yes, you guessed it, Igor Kolomoisky, the majority silent partner behind the seeming number one official, really number two, Burisma President Mykola Zlochevsky, the number three official was Vadim Pozarsky. After Hunter was hired, good things began to happen for Kolomoisky. For instance, he was finally able to get a visa to travel into the United States for him and his family, which required influence with the State Department. After our Ukrainian point man, VP Joe Biden, pushed through $3 billion in foreign aid to Ukraine, much was rooted through Ukraine's biggest financial institution, Privat Bank, $1.8 billion of which went to loans of Privat Bank from its branch in Cyprus. The loans were to six companies secured by contracts for delivery of goods from overseas companies. The money flowed out to these vendors, but goods never flowed in, and the owners of Privat Bank made $1.8 billion all through these overseas shell companies. The chief owner of Privat Bank, Igor Kolimowski, a client of Hunter Biden. Eventually, Privat Bank went into the hole for $5.6 billion, all seemingly into the pockets of Kolomoisky and Associates. Kolomoisky was not arrested or imprisoned and lived with impunity in Ukraine through 2016. However, as Vice President Joe Biden was leaving office, Kolomoisky fled Ukraine. Had he previously been protected, we ask? When Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin investigated Burisma for corruption and raided the home of Slachevsky, Hunter Biden became extremely active. The upshot was that his father got Shokin fired famously by threatening to withhold $1 billion in financial aid unless he was fired. The corruption cases filed against Burisma were settled favorably to Burisma after the cases were switched from Shokin's prosecutorial office to a non-governmental anti-corruption organization influenced by an FBI agent placed by FBI Director James Comey. Now to McGonagall. McGonagall took cash from Oleg Deripaska's agent to help lift U.S. sanctions against him and investigate a rival oligarch, both tasked using American intelligence resources. He also took money from a former Albanian intelligence officer to convince corrupt Prime Minister Rama not to award oil drilling contracts to certain Russian front companies and steer them to companies with whom he was associated. What was that company? It appears to have been Chinese energy company CEFC. A key link noted in the McGonagall indictment to the Albanian Prime Minister was an unnamed person who, in fact, is one Dorian Dukka. Dukka was employed by the Chinese global energy firm CEFC. It was also so close to Rama that he held the title of Albania's advisor of investments. Clearly, CEFC was corruptly influencing Rama to get drilling contracts. Hunter Biden also was retained by CEFC, an official of which gave him a 3.15 carat diamond and a $100,000 shopping spree. Hunter and Associates made an easy $5 million arranging of the purchase by CEFC of U.S. and Canadian energy assets, which had to be approved by U.S. government agencies. Recall that Tony Bobolipsky claimed, in reference to his and Hunter's CEFC dealings, that 10% of the venture's ownership was for, quote, the big guy, whom he claimed, quite reasonably, was Joe Biden. In 2017, the United States indicted CEFC official Patrick Ho for trying to bribe officials in Chad and Uganda to obtain oil drilling contracts for CEFC. Ho's first call after arrest? James Biden, the president's brother. Quickly, Hunter represented Ho to hire Ho's criminal defense lawyer, Ed Kim. Kim quickly asked Hunter for the names of certain FBI officials whom Hunter knew. We do not know their names, but it is logical that one might be CFC-influenced FBI agent 
Charles McGonagall. Recall that McGonagall's conduit to Rama was the CEFC's Dorian Ducca. Hunter's laptop has an email chain with his CFC group about, quote, taking care of, unquote, with, quote, remuneration, Dorian Ducca for his help early on. Seems that a major activity of CEFC was corrupt procurement of energy assets for the energy-hungry importer China. Did CEFC believe it was buying influence with the United States government through Hunter? That certainly is a solid inference. CEFC has now declared itself bankrupt, sanctions that do not happen unless the Chinese government wants it to happen. The public heat on CEFC, especially after Hunter's laptop was discovered, was clearly too much even for China. Now let's return to Burisma. While Joe Biden has claimed to have no connection to Hunter's business dealing, the laptop from hell shows Burisma number three, Pozarski, emailing Hunter for his unspecified help shortly after Hunter was hired. And a year later, as Shokin turned up the pressure on Burisma, Pozarski met with Vice President Biden as arranged by Hunter Biden, for which Pozarski thanked Hunter by email. Months later, Shokin was fired. When Hunter was auditioning to be hired by Burisma, he sent a lengthy email about Ukrainian offshore drilling prospects as affected both by Russia actions and U.S. sanctions, sounding suspiciously like it had been lifted from a U.S. high-level intelligence briefing. The purpose was not, it seems, to convince Hunter's prospective client that he himself was a brilliant foreign policy advisor. Rather, it was to convince the recipient they had access to confidential intelligence resources, as the intelligence jargon of his report proves. We now know that the Penn Biden Center for Global Engagement was started by Vice President Biden as he left office. It was financed by reported $67 million in Chinese money. We know that the most valuable U.S. intelligence jewels are presidential briefings. Presidential briefings from 2013 through 2016 were among the documents recently uncovered at the Penn Biden Center. There is a picture on Hunter's laptop of a banker's box of documents with the word, quote, important, unquote, scrawled on top with reference to the documents contained in the box. A number of classified documents were found at Joe Biden's home rented by Hunter for $50,000 a month. That seems like a lot of money. In short, it may well be that these classified documents had been curated, selected, and used for specific purposes. Hunter is still receiving profits from his 10% ownership in the multi-billion dollar Bohai Harvest Fund financed by the Bank of China. Is there a connection here to the soft treatment of the Chinese by the Biden administration? That same administration is also going easy on the corrupt Albanian regime, heavily connected to the main Mexican drug cartel Sinaloa, with Albania laundering cartel money and serving as the main European entry point for cocaine. Rama's corrupt, drug-enabling government has not been sanctioned, but recently Biden's Secretary of State Anthony Blinken sanctioned for corruption Roma's conservative rival and former Prime Minister Sali Barisha out of office for eight years, and not the seeming imminent problem that the current Prime Minister is. But the man closest to Rama is also close to one Hunter Biden, that is, Dorian Ducca. A final note. Oligarch Oleg Deripaska played a prime role in pushing the Russiagate canard against President Trump. Inspector General Michael Horowitz detailed how the Justice Department number no. 4 official, Bruce Orr, lobbied to help Deripaska, explaining to his associates that Deripaska was helping to get Donald Trump. And yes, Christopher Steele of Steele Dossier fame was working for the Clinton campaign, but his main years-long patron was, you guessed it, Oleg Deripaska. In one of the first FBI reports on Christopher Steele, came to the FBI via its London agent to the New York field office for handling the agent in charge, Charles McGonagall. 
Do we remember Donald Trump was impeached for his call to new Ukrainian President Zelensky seeking a corruption investigation of the Bidens, who was Zelensky's main supporter recently entering the country from his 2016 exile? Igor Kolomoisky, one of Hunter's patrons, and who was a main witness against Trump but former Ukrainian Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch, who had been installed right before Trump took office at the behest of VP Joe Biden? So as Trump took office, his enemies were in place and got him before he could get them. James Comey being one such prominent figure, Yovanovitch another, and Putin's friend Deripaska yet another. So, when Biden administration acolytes dismiss any suggestion of corrupt dealings centered around Hunter Biden, perhaps involving his father, and poo-poo any seemingly problematic retention by his father of valuable classified documents, perhaps raised eyebrows are in order.